Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 54, Tear in My Heart. Make sure you listen to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis of track five off Blurry Face. I hope you had a great Halloween. I was Billie Eilish, and it was very fun, and I've wanted to be her for like three close to four years so um, I very happily went to the store and got some stick-on nails which I've never done before and I have actually kept them on just because they're really pretty they're from Target maybe one of you have seen them Um, but they're black with also gold sequin sparkly nails and my favorite personally is the one that's the night sky with the big dipper it's so pretty and the bottom of the night sky nail is like a pinkish so it looks like it's your real nail so i was very impressed with that um it was very much like sensory overload to get used to the nails especially because i never keep my nails long just in general i like them as short as possible so yeah but um I mysteriously lost one of my ring fingernails the same morning, and I have no idea where it went, um, unless I get, like, ate it or something. Like, I feel like I'm just gonna randomly find it someday. So I had to put a different size on that finger, so it looks a lot bigger than my other hand, which bothers me, but... Anyway, random, uh, nail rant aside, um, I did get back on social media, yesterday because it was November 1st and I realized didn't miss most of it. Um, I honestly mostly just missed knowing what musicians are up to because I really had no idea. Though I will say it's really nice that Spotify gives you notifications when your artists come out with new music. For some reason I didn't discover that until this month and it was very very comforting to know that I at least had that going for me as well as YouTube. Um, in terms of musicians. I didn't get rid of YouTube. I feel like to me, at least in terms of like what I needed to delete, is the ones that algorithmically suck you in. And I only watch long-form content on YouTube. It's basically my TV, so as well as workouts. I thought it was only appropriate. Um, I really only have two what I would consider social medias, which are Facebook and Instagram. And like no one uses Facebook anymore, so it's mainly just Instagram. But yeah, getting back on was weird. I really don't care for short form video content and I feel like it really deteriorated, for me it deteriorated my relationships with a lot of people because our relationship became just sending videos and I don't know if you realize this, but sending a video to someone adds nothing to your relationship with that person. (laughs) So... But that's just, like, what so many of our relationships are based on with social media. It's really bizarre. Like, we'll send videos all day long, right? But we won't, like, ask them how they're doing. So it's it's pretty hollow. I was very lonely, especially at the end of September, because I was very, very addicted to social media at that point. And surprise, surprise, I was not lonely at all in October, because the amount of hours per day I had cut down for being on my phone were replaced with genuine relationship time even if it was just calling someone on the phone 
FaceTiming someone while I was eating dinner. Like, I caught up and saw so many people, and I saw almost no one in September, aside from, like, required commitments that I had made that I couldn't get out of. So, it was very much reassuring of, like, even if I feel lonely, it's probably because I'm not spending my time wisely. Similarly, I realized that I was, like, just afraid of rejection and trying to hang out with people, and that was also why I was just like, oh, social media is socializing because my friends are on it, but in reality, like, no intentional relationship building was happening. So, anyway, that being said, I really don't have a plan to consistently be on it, and I don't really know what that means for the podcast stuff. I mean, I feel like in general, frankly, like, no one interacts on Facebook anymore. I don't know if it's the algorithm. I don't know if it's just no one's on Facebook anymore, which is honestly probably plausible. I've honestly considered (laughs) deleting it just because I feel like if no one's interacting with it if it's not adding value for anyone I don't I don't know if it's necessary but anyway let me know if you I mean I guess yeah I am curious is anyone like actively look for the Facebook stuff I doubt it honestly but if you do let me know even if it's just one person like if I know one person needs it or looks for it I will continue to do it but I'm honestly contemplating if I even need it anymore That being said, I would love to hear from you personally if you ever want to email me, but um, for now, I'm not planning any sort of social media consistency. It's just really not doing anything for me in a positive way. And almost all of the messages that I missed from people were videos. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel weird about it right now. Anyway... Let's move into Tear of My Heart Tear in My Heart. Um, this song is such a nostalgic throwback for me. So this was the second single off of Blurry Face and it was released on April 6th, 2015. They also did their cover with Mute Math for this song on their 2016 21 Pilots X Mute Math album. And they also did what was it? I'm sure Stressed Out was on there, right? and Ride, and some other songs. (laughs) Was Stressed Out on there? No, I'm not sure. Honestly, I could be wrong. But anyway, those, I love those songs. I think Lane Boy is my favorite one because of the insane, uh, instrumental at the end, especially with the drums. But anyway, so, the, um, fun fact though, um, moving on to my own life, um, this was the first Tony and Pilo song that I learned on the piano. Um, I really don't know, like, any. I know, I really just know Tara <laughs> First and only. Um, but I know the, the little riff in Truce, which is not even the full song. And I, I remember I watched this entire medley and I started learning it. And I totally have forgotten it by now. But, oh, I don't even remember what it started with. But I had started learning the song that it started with. And I'm pretty sure it was an original at best. You know what? Honestly, I save everything. I think I know exactly where it is and I can find it because I'm actually super curious. Unless, I mean, who knows? Maybe the video got deleted. It was so old. Ooh, it's still on here. Whoa, can you hear that through my headphone? (gasps) That's so loud. It was implicit demand for proof. You might have heard that as well. 
through my headphones. Um, but yeah, that was the first song, and I, I think I learned at least part of that one, but couldn't possibly do it anymore. Yeah, that medley was put together seven years ago. That's wild. It's also a very pretty piano. And I totally exited out of it before I told you guys what it was called, because maybe you want to know. So if you want to learn Totem Pilots Medley with a very pretty piano demonstration, it's called The Evolution of Totem Pilots, a Piano Medley. And the person has the logos drawn on their hands. Highly recommend, even if just for viewing. Yeah, I also feel like there was a stint for a while, in 2015 at least, where I was basically listening to Heavy Dirty Soul, Tear My Heart and Stressed Out, like, over and over. Before I, like, fully committed to the band, it was mainly, like, those three songs, I think. But especially Heavy Dirty Soul and Tear My Heart. I don't know what it was. I just feel like um, Tear My Heart was one of my first interactions with other people about Tony Pilots, Pilots, so... I was a very avid fan of it at the time, just because it was like, oh, I got to connect with people over this band I only just found, but I feel so cool for knowing. <laughs> I remember um, when I did my, volu- my camp volunteering for a month, I remember asking people like, oh, do you know Tony Pilots? And I felt so cool that I knew this band, just purely based on their sound, because I'd grown up so vanilla, and I was like, this pen is edgy. Yeah, so that's the type of stuff that this song reminds me of, me pretending to be edgy. Moving into the song analysis, right? I always feel like it's a very abrupt transition, but don't really know how else to transition. So the intro, um, I'm probably going to slaughter their pronunciation, but he says, An Yong Hase Yo, or supposedly, at least according to Genius Lyrics, and also, according to Genius Lyrics, this is Korean for either hello or how are you. Um, but someone also commented that there's a similar Japanese saying, and the Japanese saying translates to, I will not let you go. And I really like that one, especially, because I think that really matches with the song and um, really the spiritual, what's it called? Um, not allegory, but, you know, this situational song like maps onto our relationship with God for sure. And that's why I love love songs, right? <laughs> and so I think it sets the song up well for this tone of holding on to something because it's life-giving and because it's good. And yeah, so it continues on from that with the drums and the piano. And this is very classic Tony and Pilots. I feel like it's a very classic instrumentation that is very raw. Like when I think of rawness, I think of just the piano and the drums while they were singing their Attic with the Pen live session. And so those two instruments specifically with no other accompaniment very much represent vulnerability to me. Maybe not intentionally, of course, on their end, but I really like that they chose to go that route, at least in the beginning of the song, setting up everything for this very vulnerable moment, really. So verse one says, sometimes you gotta bleed to know that you're alive and have a soul. But it takes someone to come around to show you how. Clearly with the bleeding, we see that there are extreme emotions happening. Sometimes you need to feel these extreme extreme emotions because they're evidence that we're interacting with life. And even when it's anxiety, even when it's very, very negative, strong emotions, 
Like, a friend the other day was having a really rough time because they were just overcome with deep sadness and crying and couldn't get themselves out of it. And I had, honestly, a similar emotional moment today, but it was because of a poem. It was a very different reason. But these moments, like, we can be so tempted towards despair of feeling very strong negative emotions or just an overwhelm with very strong positive emotions as well. But either way, I would say they're actually very positive indicators that you're fully experiencing life in those moments. And in contrast, I would say like the real concern is when you're feeling apathetic and numb, like depression. So even in these moments where he's saying like I'm bleeding and it's very um, kind of severe terminology, it's actually very good sign that he's able to lean into things instead of numbing them. And in, of course, in this sense, it's a very positive situation with love. I think this is also kind of spiritually symbolic because Jesus's nail wounds in his poems after he rose again were proof. There was victory. There was life again. He had resurrected, um, which means darkness, sin, and death have no hold on humanity anymore and in that way like blood can literally be a spiritual symbol of rising from death to life not only is this showing that you're alive but he also adds that you have a soul and i think when i think of soul i just think of like purpose you know i loved the movie soul it made me weep speaking of things that make you weep and i think a lot of it had to do like really knowing your purpose and mission And obviously, like, this doesn't have to mean, like, professionally, like, plenty of us, me included, don't know what the heck we're doing, but, you know, kind of just faking it till you make it, but at the same time, like, we absolutely do know our mission as Christians. Um, It never wavers dependent on situations or workplaces or the people in our lives. And because of that, I think in this space where He's feeling love and this very deep, complex, many-layered emotion that's making him feel so many things. It's also an emulation of God. For God so loved the world with this soul, with this purpose that he sent his one and only son so that he would die on the cross, rise again, and we would not have to be separated for all of eternity if we choose to place our trust in him. And that is the gospel, um, in case you're wondering. (laughs) But yes, I love ultimately in every context is emulation of God. And so really, even when it comes to love songs, like there's no way of getting around that it's actually emulating Christ. That's just, it's inextricable. You can't have love without it emulating Christ in some way. Even if you're not a Christian, it will always emulate because God is true love. You know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Back to the... We're still on verse one. You thought this was going to be like five minutes. You thought wrong. It's still not going to be very long. <laughs> and then similarly, it takes someone to come around to show you how. And I think a lot of times, especially with vulnerability and rawness and things that we can view as scary... Um, It really helps to have an example through someone else of someone who has a lot of emotional bravery. People always say I'm really good at being vulnerable, but I mean, make no mistake, there are definitely pros and cons. There's been times in my life where I was 
way too vulnerable with too many people and that was a problem um so just being vulnerable is not always the healthiest thing make no mistake but at the same time like yes it is very important to be vulnerable um that's how we really bond in our relationships the most i think because it's going deeper than just the how are you or what are you doing today but getting down to like what's your story what are your hurts what is the lens that you're coming into your daily life with and your relationships with and why and of course all of those emotions are going to be explored if and when you're in a romantic relationship because in order to figure out if you want to marry someone and spend your life with them you have to dig into like who are they what makes them the way that they are what are their habits and does their lifestyle match up with mine are they on the same mission as me speaking of soul and if they never changed like would i be okay with that would we still be able to have a good partnership working towards the same values together all of those kinds of things and it's especially helpful when you can meet someone who helps you feel safe and helps you feel more courageous to express the things that are hard also in like exemplifying a safety net of I won't judge you no matter what you're going to tell me, even if it's something embarrassing to you or shame-filled for you. Like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to help you through what you're going through and um, even encourage you back to truth if you're sitting in lies right now and certainly not going to make fun of you. And I think those are all very needed, necessary qualities in a partner if you are to do life together and really sharpen one another towards Christ pointing them back and on the flip side it can also take someone to come around to show you how to be alive and what that means and I know there's been plenty of seasons and years of my life where I took everything too seriously and it was always so eye-opening when like a friend or anyone would come around who was a lot more light-hearted and um, just wasn't afraid to laugh at things to mess up it really encouraged me, like, okay, it's, it's okay not to be perfect. You know, I've struggled with perfectionism most of my life, probably also because of anxiety <laughs> and certainly because of black and white thinking that I've worked a lot to amend, to get more comfortable in the gray. But yeah, it's always nice to have people come around who have a very different perspective than you and who also can literally show you that being alive doesn't just look one way, but it can look so many different ways, and it's okay to like try different things, explore different ways of how you want to live your life, especially if you grew up in a family one particular way. Like, it's okay to start trying new things and seeing if you want to, quote unquote, be alive in a different manner, and maybe go about priorities or just go about housekeeping a different way. You know, whatever it might be. And so in that way, it's inspiring really to just invite anyone and everyone into your life to learn from all the different ways that they're alive and, you know, just kind of sew all the little pieces that you like from other people's lives together to continue to create your own vision of what being alive looks like for you. It's a lifelong journey, but it's very, very fun and um, very inspiring. And certainly this inspiration is not, it's not exclusive to a romantic partner by any means as well and that's the other thing too of course this is mainly a romantic song but 
Love comes in so many shapes and sizes and so many other shapes and sizes that we tend to neglect because we can overvalue love as only romantic, which is not true. <laughs> so anyway, moving into the chorus, pretty simple. She's the tear in my heart. I'm alive. She's the tear in my heart. I'm on fire. She's the tear in my heart. Take me higher than I've ever been. And clearly he's already living because there's a heart. <laughs> heart is literally the wellspring of life. But not only is he alive, but he has a tear in his heart. And for someone to be a tear to a heart, I mean, again, similar to kind of what's already been said, but you're allowing m even more to gush out, whether it's blood, you know, literally, or just emotion as a whole, vulnerability as a whole. And in that way, kind of like breaking that glass ceiling we can kind of give ourselves of like what our limits are and inspiring us in this other way of like someone can come along and show you that there's so much more that you can feel and that can come out of you than maybe we even expected. Because again, you brought in this new perspective instead of just living in your like silo of thinking. I'm on fire. This is a very like spiritual concept to me every time I hear it. Just like switch what's on fire from um, their cover album that you can listen to that I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago. But yeah, to me, anytime I hear anything about like being on fire, I just think of being on fire for the Lord. And in that way, this tear, this symbol of this person in his life is inspiring him to be better. Mostly because, again, like I've said, fire in this sense to me is related to purpose and being on mission and having someone come along and be the terror that helps keep you on your mission and remind you of your mission consistently and then take me higher which can be a very direct spiritual metaphor as well the ideal for the partner is to push you closer to god so verse two is also all of these verses are pretty short he says, the songs on the radio are okay, but my taste in music is your face, and it takes a song to come around to show you how. Radio? I mean, who regularly listens to radio anymore? Anyone? <laughs> I sometimes do. Um, also, especially this time of year, I'm going to want to start cranking out the uh, Christmas station. Am I being controversial right now? Maybe... <laughs> Also, this is so random, but I always say maybe, like, maybe because of, do you know that really famous video with an interview with, he's the actor in Lord of the Rings, it's the do you wear wigs video. <laughs> oh my gosh, what is his name? It's on the tip of my tongue. Someone's screaming it at me, I know. Do you wear wigs? If you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna look it up just so you can watch it if you haven't. It's Elijah Wood. Oh my gosh. Okay, look up Elijah Wood or wigs. It's been everywhere on social media, so you've probably seen it. But if you haven't, please look it up because it's so stupid. It's so funny. But anyway, he says maybe, and he like <laughs> says it like that. So now I just I always want to say maybe like that. Anyway. What was I even talking about? Radio, right? Yeah, so if you're a... Okay, here's the, here's the deal. If you say no 
Christmas music before Thanksgiving. I have one question for you. Where's the Thanksgiving music? Like, genuinely point me to it. If you can give me a Thanksgiving album that's not Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting. I am avidly waiting because, come on, people, like, what else are we supposed to listen to? Please. So anyway, in this context, songs on the radio are okay, and I feel like radio is designed to get your reaction, to capture your attention, and inspire energy, inspire emotion out of you, because it's not just any music, but when I think of the radio, I think of, like, Billboard Top 100, like, the most popular songs. Popular songs are just made to, like, get you to dance, get you to move, get you to do something. But in contrast, in this, he's saying this like really effective, emotionally and physically inspiring tool is actually not as good as this person's face um, and how someone and who they are can become just as if not more moving than something that's literally marketed, crafted and designed to be inspiring. And in the same way, The fact that he says it takes a song to come around to show you how, slightly different than the previous verse, the art is now the product rather than the beauty. So the song is not the beauty that is like crafting inspiration, but it's now the attempt to encapsulate the real beauty, which is the people and this particular person in a romantic context. And I really like how that's flipped because normally it's just like art is beautiful and obviously art is beautiful. It's not to negate that, but when you've experienced such a depth of emotion from someone, even art and music can pale in comparison and it just again shows the power of love and the power of emulation of God. Like we are only feeling a fraction of true love because we're not going to be with true love until eternity. But the fact that even now, this fraction of it that we have, it's so impact, like the sheer amount of impact it has on us, physically, emotionally, mentally, is insane. Even like endorphins, you know, serotonin, <laughs> oxytocin, <laughs> risque there. But um, I can't even imagine what true love is if we already have all of that and it's already really overwhelming to all of our senses crazy concept and then as the chorus repeats again the synth comes in with the piano the drums and the vocals and it adds a lot more power and crescendos as we you know also musically experience that he's being taken deeper into this narrative than he's ever been with all these added layers on top as he's progressing in the relationship. So then in the bridge, the bridge is is quirky considering the rest of the song, but he says, you fell asleep in my car. I drove the whole time, but that's okay. I'll just avoid the holes. So you sleep fine. I'm driving here. I sit cursing my government for not using my taxes to fill holes with more cement. And he repeats that again and goes back into previous lines of sometimes you gotta bleed to know you're alive and have a soul the vocals are a lot more relaxed and blissful as he's humming into this bridge which is also like just a sweet 
not even just like love in a romantic sense, but it's just this sweet idea that he's he's put his guard down. He's a lot less fearful and on guard, but he's able to just lean into the vulnerability completely. I love, I didn't really soak this in until analyzing this, but I think now my favorite part of this song is the fact that he says, you fell asleep in my car. I drove the whole time. Guys, we've had so many car narratives and so many car drivers, and this is the first time that Tyler is driving. Or no, that's not true. He was driving in car radio, but this is the first time he's driving where, like, he's he's okay that she fell asleep. He trusts himself in this car, whereas in car radio, he did not trust himself, and he was struggling with suicidal ideation. There's so much trust and faith in himself this time, which is so beautiful because he has this hope for life and this zest for life that he didn't have before, you know, and I'm sure she was very inspirational to him in this, but at the same time, like, that's what happens as we continue to live alongside God, even the things that we thought were impossible to change are able to transition out of sheer mercy and grace. So, I just wanted to take a moment because I thought that was an absolutely beautiful image with all the other car and driving images we've heard and seen before. I also love how he talks about wanting to avoid the holes so that Jenna can sleep fine because his life, like so many of us who are in love, has expanded to also prioritize someone else and this is also how we emulate Christ and that we become less self-absorbed and selfish when we are in love and we also become others-oriented and compassionate and more selfless and empathetic. On the other hand, I know some people will use the holes as like a metaphor for mental health and so similarly, alongside all the other layers of inspiration, there's also an inspiration she's holding here on his mental health. And sometimes, like you can't always do something for someone else, but sometimes someone else can be a good inspiration for like, I'm going to keep working on my mental health, I'm going to keep being consistent with therapy when it's hard, and sometimes you do need that extra external motivation to really want to commit to your own mental health so no judgment like you use all the motivation and different factors that you need to commit to therapy because it will be well worth it and to me the whole government portion is funny because I feel like I read it as his frustration and the government's selfishness for not prioritizing Jenna's sleep like, I am in love. I'm feeling a billion different emotions for this person. This person is incredible. They're better than music. Music descriptions pale in comparison to their face. And how dare you, <laughs> like, keep holes in the road so that she could be disturbed from her, her sleeping beauty. So I really liked that. Just that the emotion goes so deep that you wish everyone else could see and value all that you've seen and valued in someone else, which is exactly how God views us. Can we take a minute in all of our self-hatred to just stop and soak that in? Read Psalm 139. God so desperately wishes 
and wants for us to see the amount of beauty that we possess, but we so seldom see it because we're just entrenched. We're entrenched in stupid beauty standards. And that's the thing, like, the beauty is not just based on the physical, but it's based on the internal, right? Because God looks at the inward while man looks on the outside. And so imagine the amount of beauty that God sees, some of which we might know of, but a lot of which we probably don't because we tend to have a lot of confirmation bias with negativity. There's so much beauty in others that we are able to witness so frequently and how sad that we very rarely witness that amount within ourselves. Um, But if you asked anyone who loves you, I'm sure they would be able to give you so many reasons why you're beautiful. And that is also emulation of Christ's heart. So in the outro, we're finally here or already here, whatever you prefer. Um, He says, my heart is my armor. She's the tear in my heart. She's a carver. She's a butcher with a smile. Cut me farther than I've ever been. And he continues and repeats that sentiment. Heart, his heart is his armor. Um, Once again, from vulnerability, I think specifically from fear and weakness. I was just reading The Taming of the Shrew by Shakespeare, which is the original content for 10 Things I Hate About You, the movie with Heath Ledger who I love very much. And I like in both of these instances, it's kind of this idea of, like, there's a lot of fear and weakness for love, especially because, I don't know, we just feel like, oh, ushy-gushy is like, ugh, that's lame. But I love that in both that movie and that play and this song, the ending is, you know what, it's actually okay and takes a lot of strength to feel something this oshigoshi because it's actually an incredible thing. And we probably think it's a weak thing because it very much is so emotional. It's so layered and it's so overwhelming in its power that, you know, we lose a sense of control in a way when we're in love, which is, you know, we don't like that. We don't be like being out of control in any capacity, even emotionally. But maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Um, he describes her as a carver, which I thought was fun as it was just Halloween and I was just staring at my pumpkin while I was doing my notes of this. And I feel like because of that, I want to take it as meaning that she helps him create something new and adds to these ideas of how she brings out something that wouldn't have existed before without her because of the way that she's able to give him a new perspective on his daily life. She's a butcher of the smile and I like how butcher is very much like this negative violent thing but with a smile we see that um, the thing that's scary, the thing that we're fearful of with love will be very violent. Um, It's actually approached with gentleness and love in the tactics and we don't have to be afraid because of that. And Near the end, Tyler screams, and I think in this case, it's really very much a scream of being overcome in emotion. It's just so much emotion that he has to let it out in a deeper way. And as he ends softly, emphasizing how she's cut him deeper than he's ever been, I think it just reiterates that she's brought out all of these unknown layers that he didn't know 
that he had, whether emotionally, whether intellectually, and I love how love really can bring out so many things that we didn't realize we were capable of feeling, um, maybe even like actions we didn't know we were capable of doing just because we're in such a different headspace and having so much extra motivation to do things for someone. So I really liked this analysis because it's easy to just take something like this at face value as a love song, but there's actually so much emulation and implication for what it means to be in the arms of Christ and to experience emulation of him from other people. It very much is just as spiritual as it is romantic, and I mean, God is romantic after all. Yeah, pretty simple, but I I really like this song, and I know a lot of people love this song, and it means a lot to them, um, maybe even in their personal relationships as well. And so this is very much just a nice, uplifting reprieve from some of the heavier songs, and I hope that you enjoyed analyzing it with me. So, I would love to hear from you guys, all of your thoughts and opinions. You can email entrenchedpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band um, or your thoughts on social media and your experiences with it. Um, you might have different social media than me, so let me know, like, what's it like being on TikTok? What do you like? What do you hate about it? What's it like being on Be Real? What's it like being on, what's the other Instagram one? The one that's like Twitter. Anyway, feel free to give me your thoughts because this is impacting most of you. I'm fairly confident. But yes, you can also reach out with an episode request if you want to analyze a song, music video, or an album wrap-up with me. And if you'd like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered for the time being, we'll see, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast group. You can find Entrench on Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music as the main channels, but you can also find me pretty much anywhere. On Instagram, you can find me at Entrench underscore pod. I look forward to hearing from you, and I'm gonna go sleep. Tune in next time for the Tear in My Heart music video. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, entrench, you're not alone.